0: Finding your path in the tech field can be daunting if you don't know where to start. This can be either a full-time job, freelancing, or consulting. Melanin Tech is helping build up the tech community around people of color with empowerment and resources to help find that techy job. I sit down with Shanita Sims, one of the co-founders of Melanin Tech, and we talk about what they're doing to help empower and grow the tech community around people of color. My name is Marion Owen, and this is the Freelancer Head Start Podcast. All right, welcome to another episode of the Freelancer Head Start Podcast, and I'm sitting here with Shanita Sims, and we're going to be talking about starting in the tech field. And uh, just a little bit of background, I met Shanita at a meetup downtown, talking specifically about, honestly, techies with a little bit of melanin in their skin, so, you know, techies of color. So it was really awesome to listen to her and her, uh, her basically, what she's trying to do and what she's trying to build in Atlanta. So with that, I'm going to let Shanita introduce herself.
1: Hello, everyone. So yeah, my name is Shanita. I am um, a former nanny turned techie. I work for a company called Help Scout as a growth specialist. Um, It's a remote company. So I work from home. And yeah, I'm the founder of melanin.tech. So we are here to try to shake up the industry and give it some much needed diversity and to help everyone have a seat at the table.
0: Awesome. Yeah, and I, I got that vibe when I definitely was sitting in the crowd. I'm like, yeah, she knows what she's doing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I really wanted to get with you and talk about you know, how to start in the tech field, um, especially for people who think or have this perception that they're at a disadvantage when joining a tech field. And I, I get that sense from people who are um, ethnic backgrounds and uh, women. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I honestly, personally going from from my own path, I feel that I had that almost imposter syndrome of I'm not good enough, I'm not exposed to tech as much as like my, my, uh, my colleagues are. Um, and I felt that once I got into the field, that was completely opposite. I was being, being viewed as like the expert in the room because I, I took that small effort of, you know, speaking up, for example, or learning the small, small one-page detail about this specific tech or anything like that. Is that something you see or is that, am I completely off of, off base?
1: No, for sure. It's something that I see all the time and something that I went through myself. Um, I think one of the biggest things to realize before pursuing a career in tech is that, you know, you may end up at a company that you are the only person that looks like you, but that should not stop you from being you. There is, a, there is a lack of diversity in the industry, and I think it's a pretty well-known fact at this point. Um, but with that being a well-known fact, a lot of people are trying to change it. So it's not like we are just fighting alone here. We do have plenty of allies who want us in their companies just as bad as we want to be there. It's time for us to kind of step up and, and also step out and make sure that we are being noticed. Um, and a lot of people think that you have to be the same to be in tech. You have to be the same as everyone else. but. Yeah. I highly encourage you to be different. Let your differences show, highlight those differences, be bold and be yourself because that's how you know that you will find the right fit for you because you do not want to go anywhere that's not the right fit. You'll just end up being miserable and starting back at square one. And then for anyone who's not traditionally in tech, um, take some time to invest in learning something new. And also remember you don't have to have a computer science degree, or sometimes you don't even have to have a degree at all to embark in a in a job in in the tech industry and you don't have to always be a developer. There are so many different jobs. Uh, I know when people hear tech, they think of coding or, you know, UI, UX design, Mm -hmm. not always the case. There's marketing, there's customer support, success, um, so many different things to look into. So think about what your strong suits are before embarking on that journey. And you don't always have to fake the funk. Go with what's comfortable. Go with what you know. Go with what you actually enjoy. You know, it's almost 2019. This is the age of doing what you love to do. No longer do you have to do something just because you got to pay the bills or because you have to. Really try to love what you're doing and then try to get some experience. You know, places like... VolunteerMatch.org or um, CatchFire.org or even uh, Fiverr.com are really good yeah. for small projects. Have you heard of those too?
0: Yes, yeah, I, I've checked out Fiverr a couple of times. I almost hired a few people from Fiverr. Uh, personally, I don't. I didn't find anything that was compelling enough for me to join Fiverr as a professional. I found other avenues that that were able to to get a little bit better income. But yeah, I'm aware of Fiverr.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think those um, those three platforms are much better if you're just getting started because they have smaller jobs and things where you can put your skills to practice. Um, so things like, you know, if you are freelancing, maybe Upwork.com is a lot better as far yeah. as uh, what what you'll be getting paid and also the length of your project and um, to get recommendations from there, too. But but basically you have to start somewhere. So You don't always have to jump right into trying to interview for these large companies. Maybe it's time to just start in a couple of projects to get that stuff on your resume. And once you get the experience, start flexing. You know, beef up that LinkedIn profile. (laughs) Um, If you can, maybe even build a website showcasing your skills. And when I say build a website, you don't actually have to build it. You can use, you know, Weebly or Wix.com and just drag and drop that bad boy all together. No one really knows the difference anyway. But really show people what you got. Like, let let us see what you have. Let us see what you've been learning. And when I say flex, I mean flex. Yeah. <laughs> this is, you know, this is definitely an industry where you can, like, it doesn't pay to be humble. If you know something, you can speak up and say that you know it.
0: Yeah, I do. I do notice that a lot of times we kind of hold back on on being the, I guess, the, the person who's noticed in the room as far as um, tech. I think, so from personal experience, I noticed that some of my colleagues who, are some of the smartest people I know in the tech industry, a lot of times they're introverted enough to where like, I don't want people to, to know I do this great stuff. And I'm like, no, that's that's how you advance. That's how you get better. That's how you yeah. become the person, the go-to person. And I, I also also feel that people think that you have to go from zero to 100 in order for, to label yourself as an expert. Mm-mm. Going from zero to one on a scale of 100, is you're an expert. There's tons of people who don't even start. You're still an expert at one. You're still an expert at 10. You're still an expert at 100. There's so many different variants in, in what expertise there's, uh, you know ha- happens. Like for me, I consider myself a senior expert in my you know niche in, in web development, but I know people still who are way better than me that I'm like, holy crap, I didn't even know that <laughs> was another level. And obviously, if I look behind me, I'm like, yeah, there are people coming up behind me. So when you say, you know, don't be afraid to start, starting could literally just mean going online and learning what in the world are people doing in tech. And I mm-hmm. love how you're saying, you know, go on Upwork, go on Fiverr, jump into projects. Could be something at like five bucks an hour, or it could be something that's hundred percent free where you're volunteering at maybe your church at the community center at meetup.com or something to kind of get involved because technology evolves so much that you can start with one sector and completely change to a completely different sector. Within a year, within five years or whatever, that's literally what happened to me. I, um, I started it in the help desk, uh, answering calls, helping people with email problems. Oh, Have you tried restarting your computer? That's kind of the level I started. And then all of a sudden within a year, because I was able to you know have that repetitive of almost knee-jerk reaction of, oh, I know how to fix this. I know how to fix this. I got to the point where I was asking my managers, can you put me on the harder calls? Can you put me on where I'm talking to second level? To where I basically got involved almost for free because I didn't expect to, you know, I didn't really push for a raise, I didn't push for a promotion. I just wanted to know what in the world are we doing once we leave this help desk, you know? And that's mm-hmm. that's when I started to realize, well, I really like doing web development, and I kind of kept going down that road. And then once I got into web development, I said, well, I really like this Microsoft product that they're doing with web development. So it's almost at every single junction there was something I poked my toe in and said, let me, let me test the waters and see if I like this. And then I jumped a lot deeper, instead of saying, I have to go from zero to hundred in order to jump into tech. And like you said, there's so many different avenues of tech that it's, we, we're gonna spend almost the entire day talking about it. every single thing you can do in tech. <laughs> right, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that, that's so true. Like there's nothing wrong with testing things out. I too started in the customer support realm of, um, of tech and I realized, Very quickly that that wasn't necessarily the thing that I wanted to do. And from there, I started to learn. I started to ask questions. I asked if, you know, people would like to mentor me or if we can do, if you could teach me one morning and I'll buy you lunch that same day type of thing. (laughs) And that and that's totally cool to do. And a lot of people uh, frown upon entering tech in like a what they call an entry level position. But in my opinion, there is no entry level position in tech. Every single career in tech or every single department in a tech company is valuable and it's important. Yes. And it's a part of the puzzle.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. There's um so most most tech companies or tech places have first level, second level, and third level. And that just means that as far as how engaged are you with the, the customer who's having the issue, who has a request or has the product or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I started as first level and I now consider myself, consider myself as third level. But in reality, I'm all the levels, you know, I, I sometimes have to physically pick the phone up and, and talk to the person who's having the problem. Sometimes I'm engaging with the help desk to kind of have that, that uh, separation and then sometimes i'm even way further detached where i'm actually building the product i'm building the infrastructure i'm building all that type of stuff so you know no matter what level you're in that organization still needs you that's very important to have first level it's very important to have second level and it's very important to have third so i, Absolutely. I see it day to day so don't think you have to jump in at a third level position you know don't don't shoot for the stars your first time thinking that's the only thing you got to go for
1: Absolutely. And another thing for people to not do is don't prioritize prestige over what's a good fit for you. Yeah. You know, I know there are a lot of extremely sexy looking companies out there with the big (laughs) names and Silicon Valley and whatever and whatnot. But sometimes that's not a good fit for you. You know, don't forget who you are. And it's important to feel that you belong when you're at work.
0: Yeah. I mean, you want to do something that's pretty comfortable with what you, what you want to do. Mm -hmm. Because you don't want to get burnt out pretty quickly. And then all of a sudden regret going to work cause
1: exactly. because exactly burnout happen. is real
0: burnout is real yes it is <laughs>
1: oh my goodness Man. and another thing is you know go where the people are attend these tech events and these meetups and if you can try to check out some conferences too but make friends in the tech space and you know not necessarily just because you need something from them whether you want a recommendation or you want them to try and get you in on a job but because it this can be sometimes a lonely road when you are jumping from one career path to the next. And it's cool to have that person who has your back, who has been there and done that. And they can give you hints and they can lead you the right way. But also, it's nice just to have another friend in the same industry.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I definitely agree with that. because, and, and sometimes it, it, it's it's valuable to have somebody who's not even close to your industry. Meaning, like for example, I'm, I'm a web developer, but I have people who work in the you know the the writing space so they're they technical editors and they're writers so when I come across um, a problem where I'm trying to explain how do you use this feature what does this button do I sometimes bounce ideas off of my writer friends because they're the ones who are better to kind of craft the the spoken word and also the written word in order to make sense to where in my mind I'm thinking oh it's just this is it uh, you just do click click right click mm-hmm. triple click <laughs> and then turn your mouse around that's it that's all you got to do how do you not know how to use this but then you know right. when you talk to somebody who's like non-techie they kind of bring a different perspective on, on very that kind of very part.
1: true so true and on to even to um, say upon that like definitely work on building relationships i think that's one of the biggest things that we are trying to focus on with and Tech is, you know, not just networking, going out and shaking hands and exchanging business cards and LinkedIn's, but really build a relationship, get to know someone else. Because like like you just said, there's so much help, there's so much knowledge that can be shared amongst all of us. And once you build those relationships, it's easier to share that.
0: Oh, I definitely agree with that. So do you have any tips on like where to find jobs? Because I know Melanin Tech, to my understanding, you guys are trying to also help build a network to where finding and placing techies in a position that they're looking for would be a little bit easier.
1: Yes, that's exactly what we're trying to do. And we don't have any um, special potion or formula that we're going in like secret places. We're checking the same places everyone else is. We're checking Indeed. Uh, We're checking things like ZipRecruiter. We're actually checking like Atlanta Tech Village as far as when it comes to the Atlanta area. The thing that we are doing that digs a little bit deeper is instead of just sending those job listings to our members, we're doing screenings. So we are oh, contacting nice. HR, we are contacting people ops. And like, and it, it's, it seems a little um, much at times to some people, but we want to know like, what your D&I, your diversity and inclusion initiatives really are before we're passing yep. these jobs along.
0: Yeah. I, th- I think it's important to kind of not just put your name in the ring and say, okay, I'm going to rename it a hat and just say I I want that job regardless of whatever's going to happen because you know once you're in the company you might realize too late that yeah this isn't what this is what I thought so (laughs) I love the fact that Melanin Tech is trying to help screen a lot of that stuff before you get in you know into bed with a company that isn't going to be a good fit because you know sometimes finding a job is is a pain in the ass. You know, it's, it's yeah. it takes effort. It takes time. It takes commitment. It's not just a quick, I'll, I'll be right back. I'm just going to go get a, get a, get a position, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> you know, especially yeah. when that fits what you're trying to do.
1: Exactly. Finding a job is a full-time job within itself. So we want to definitely try to take some of that pressure away of getting, you know, the wrong company, like you said, because yeah, there is almost nothing worse than six months in and you realize that this is not the place for you.
0: Yeah, I think the funny thing is, like, I had um, pursued an uh, opportunity um, that was going to be, so I'm based in Atlanta, and there was going to be an opportunity, um, we were going to kind of casually back and forth for a Savannah position. So Savannah, for me, is about four hours door-to-door, uh, which, whichever door you pick in Savannah, you know, it <laughs> doesn't matter, <laughs> <laughs> And the opportunity was like, well, it's actually not bad. It's pretty. It was a little bit more than what I'm getting paid here, but it wasn't enough to relocate my entire family um, to Savannah. So what I was thinking was like, man, they could probably let me work remote half the year in Atlanta because the job was mostly development and all that stuff. So I, at the time, I felt like I was doing a pretty decent job kind of um, – doing the uh, negotiations and all that type of stuff. And then it, it it honestly, like you said, it was a full-time job. It was almost like every other day I had to chase them down follow up and be like, hey, so where are we on this? Hey, is the job still going? Hey, you guys are running up real close in your deadline that you said you needed to hire somebody. So definitely having somebody in your corner, it sounds like Millen and Tech would definitely do this for you, to kind of screen the job, to kind of help you keep in touch and kind of be there for you to make sure that, okay, Marion wants something that can potentially work half the year, (coughs) excuse me, remote or some sort of flexibility where he can work from home or he doesn't have to remote, uh, not remote, uh, relocate down to Savannah. You know, that could be something that Melanie could maybe um, talk to negotiations with on my behalf.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So and at the end of it, at the end of it all, they, they honestly kind of, went over their deadlines so i casually kind of let that slip you know like Mm
1: -hmm. like i
0: kind of let 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 them go um because i I stopped pursuing because i'm like yeah i don't think they're i think they were kicking tires honestly I, i got to the point where i'm like eh I have other things I can try to pursue, but oh well.
1: Yeah, and that's also a really cool testament to, like, knowing your own worth, too. Like, don't let these companies string you along for six months of an interview process or anything like that. Like, you know, it's okay to... to really be firm and say, you know, I'm looking to start with at this certain day. If you're hiring, please, you know, continue to move forward. But there's, because I cannot stand when companies like string you along for months at end and you're just like, what is going on yes, here? Yes. That is not fair to anyone involved. So yeah, don't let anyone do that to you. Everyone. Yeah,
0: it's, <laughs> It wasn't fun. It was kind of annoying because I was like, yeah. hey, yeah, so um, honey, we're going to uh, potentially move to Savannah for a few months, so get everything ready, maybe. And then I, <laughs> I it was kind of like as we're getting closer and closer to when they told me they were going to make a decision, it, it never actually came true. So it was almost like we paused most of our plans because this potentially could change a lot of our plans. And you know, I, a lot of times companies don't realize that life doesn't stop. Because they say, you know, they say whatever. You know, we we still have to live our lives. Right. We still have to do things in, you know, grocery shop, plan our kids' recitals, whatever, plan vacations. You know, that doesn't just pause because I'm interviewing with you.
1: Right. And yeah, so all the hiring companies out there listening to this, please keep that in mind. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) That would be amazing if they all of a sudden stopped doing that crap. But yeah, so um, so some of the challenges I personally see starting in the tech field, I think you guys definitely can help out with Melanitech, um, sourcing the jobs, helping us kind of match with companies that we're looking for. And I love how you added, you're trying to find companies that value diversity because I, I noticed that we can easily fall into that trap of we're just going to hire people just like us. And that could be, on a um, racial side, that could be on a, a, a th- how we think side, that could be on a um, regional side in the U.S. It could be tons of different stuff, but a lot of times that I want to see that diversity in the company all across the board. The reason why is you know, my colleague who might potentially live in San Francisco, they're looking at this project completely different than somebody who is all in Atlanta, not thinking out, okay, what happens if there are West Coast counterparts who love health and, you know, avocado soap and all this type <laughs> of stuff, you know, <laughs> how are they going to look at this project versus somebody who's, you know, down South tight, like to take it slow and sit in the porch and drink sweet tea, you know,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: I, I like to have the diversity across the board like that. Um, and I'm, I'm going to guess that melanin tech also kind of helps to bring that uh, screeners or whatever they're uh, trying to present to the clients.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, another thing that we do beyond our membership side of things is we still offer consulting. So and Tech started just off of diversity and inclusion consulting. We noticed that there was just a need for companies to understand um, the importance of diversity. And like you said, like, it really is important from a growth standpoint, from an innovation standpoint. It really is um, the turning point of whether your company will succeed <laughs> or fail these days. And I think a lot of people are starting to slowly, but yeah. surely understand yeah. that <laughs> so we're just we're just trying to push things along a, a lot quicker. Um, I know there are a lot of challenges when it comes to being a minority in tech period, and it gets rather lonely at times. you do feel like you are the only one. Yeah. I know we've we've all gone through that, unfortunately. <laughs> um, and then you also feel like you have to work twice as hard and be twice as good as everyone else, and that puts so much pressure on you.
0: yeah. Yes. I, I, I could see that for sure. Like if you make a mistake, it's almost amplified much more because you know, you're a semi minority or you are a minority Mm -hmm. and you feel that that's kind of, it's a, it's, it, it affects you personally because you feel like, man, they're going to look at me differently because I made the same mistake as my (laughs) non-diverse colleague.
1: Exactly. And it it puts a lot on you as far as from a, a mental standpoint. Um, and that's one thing that we I think a lot of us and honestly in every industry we have to really remember is to take care of ourselves. Take care of ourselves mentally, physically, emotionally. You know, work is work and yes, unfortunately, these days you need money to survive, but you also have to realize that you need yourself. You need your well-being. You need your, you know, peace of mind to really make it through these days and having those challenges of being a minority in tech, it it, it does weigh a lot on you, but uh, we want to create that group for people to be able to go to, to kind of alleviate some of that stress. So they always know that, you know, they do have a community that backs them up. They have a place where they can be 100% themselves. You know, there's no more code switching when you come to <laughs> meetups. You don't yeah. have to worry about any of that because that, yeah. that's a real thing too.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it was very, very casual when we um we met up and I was, it was pretty cool. I met a couple of people. Um, I, I don't know if they want me to, to shout out their names but uh one guy worked for uh npr and i was like what npr no way i love you guys i listen to you all the freaking time <laughs> and he wasn't he wasn't like you know uh, um on on the uh on the website he was not a developer he was more or less like making sure um the network was running fine you know everybody had emails coming through and all that type of stuff so we were able to kind of talk some some tech shop uh, but at the end of the day i, I was kind of drooling over his experience with NPR and <laughs> so do you know this show how is it in real life you know <laughs> right <laughs> you know so it was really cool it was really chill and um the, the place you picked was was really awesome to um to eat and it was pretty pretty fun times so yeah I, I definitely see the value of having some sort of networking um place where you kind of just come and relax and not having to feel because I honestly I hate those type of events where it's like speed dating but for professionals.
1: Yes. Oh my gosh. I don't get
0: those because are you really going to make a decision on number one, hiring somebody number two, putting, you know, putting them in your, your close circle of, of trust, you know, uh, number three, maybe, I don't know, uh, connecting with them on LinkedIn within 30 seconds, or are you going to try to build that relationship over a course of maybe a year or months or weeks, you know, on a casual side. So I'm the long-term guy. I don't really like the meet tonight, and then we make a decision.
1: <laughs> Same. I am so much with you on that. I actually despise that. Um, and a lot of my friends think it's funny that I'm starting a com- community like this because they all know I don't attend a lot of networking events for that simple fact of like, I- I'm not a big fan of people stepping to me and saying, hey, what do you do? It's like, well, well what about my day? What, you know, do you want to know my name first? Or, yeah. you know, can we start small? <laughs>
0: yeah. I think, I think for us, we just need jerk reaction. That's the only opener we have hey, what do mm-hmm. you do?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's and, true.
0: And I, I'm guilty about doing that, too. It's it's very hard to kind of, I don't know, I think as a techie, I'm the type that like, ugh, I got to go out and talk to people, man. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't they just just send me an email or something? You know, we could just have a chat. Chat yeah. room.
1: <laughs> It's funny, because I've, I've grown to be that way, too. I used to be like, a huge extrovert, and now working remotely at home. Like I'll leave the house some days. I'm like, oh gosh, there there are humans around. Yeah. Like, what's what's happening? And that's why you know at the last even I, I brought some games and try to you know mix it up with the bar and things like that. That way you always have like an icebreaker, so you don't have to jump into a serious conversation. You can just bust out a car, You know Uno.
0: Yeah, yeah Uno. And go yeah. from there. The funny things, we were playing Uno and just having a casual convo during Uno. So it was great. It was great. <laughs> So what are the, um, some of the challenges you mentioned you work from home. So what are some of the challenges you find in your, I don't, I don't want to admit that or not admit, assume that there's challenges with your career, but working from home. Um, but do you have any?
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> I still have a <laughs> lot of challenges. I still face some of the challenges that I, um, that I had in the very beginning. I, I'm with, um, my second tech company now, and I've been with them for a little bit over a year. And that entire first year was imposter syndrome times 1 million. Yeah. No matter how good I got at my job, even when I switched over um, to a different type of position, and um, it was almost like uh, the position was almost like it was made for me. It was like the perfect thing for me and like my strong suit. I was still so shook. I just thought like there's no way I belong here. I'm not smart enough for this job. These people are way cooler than I am. So that was tough.
0: Yeah, it's always easy to fall back on that imposter syndrome cuz I think we yeah. feel that even even though like you said, this job, this position, this whatever, it's like I wrote it for me to be me. It's for my own position. And then even though you got it, you're just like, I don't know, maybe they'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> One day I'm just waiting yeah, you know, look over your shoulder.
1: <laughs> Those are my exact words for so long. <laughs> <laughs> One day
0: they'll find out.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it just became, you know, as of recent, uh, I've been working with one of my mentors that also work at the same company. She's my direct coach for this position. And she's just kind of uh, been helping me realize that like, you know, I am really good at my job. And if I wasn't, I wouldn't be there. And honestly, if I'm not there, that's okay too. Another thing that I had to really drop and get rid of was the fear of being fired. It would consume me, um, almost every single day, just as much as the imposter syndrome. And that's one thing I don't want people to be afraid of. Like, I know that our livelihood is at stake, especially when you have a family, like, you know, you need to have some type of income to provide for everyone, but don't be afraid of being fired to the point where you allow it to affect your work. And you're always thinking that you're not good enough or that you didn't do a good job. um, Cause that's something I went through too. And let me tell you, it, it just creates a bigger opportunity for burnout. And yes. (laughs) <laughs> that's not fun at all. Um, something I, I went through, um, really bad at my last company was code switching. I thought I had to be like a bro in order to be accepted. So I would kind of like change up my, I, I would just change myself. I would come to work still, you know, looking as the black woman that I am, but I noticed that I would say things that I would never say. <laughs> I think I said, dude, like a billion times. And I don't say that. Um, so yeah, code switching it got me. It got me to the point of where my friends st- stopped recognizing who I was, and we would hang out, and they would call me out on it, like, "Why are you talking like that?" So yeah, it <laughs> nice. got bad. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it got really bad. But you know, and then also being a woman, um, it does get a little scary at times because you you do feel, you know, unfortunately, like you know, I I still get interrupted at, during meetings at times, and um, I do feel as if sometimes uh, certain people may look down upon me because I, I am a woman. I'm a black woman at that. And I am a college dropout on top of all of that. How so, dare you? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so there are a couple of things, but I will say, you know, of all of those challenges, one thing that I have challenged myself to do was to combat them and I'm not saying I'm a hundred percent over everything, but at this current moment right now, I can say that, you know, I don't have that imposter syndrome. I'm not afraid of getting fired. I come to work exactly as I'm talking to you now and it's fun and I say things like lit or dope or I curse, you know, I don't have to switch it up anymore. So I'm just learning to be myself and I like
0: it. I know, honestly, I notice that if I'm by myself, not by (laughs) myself, if I'm being myself with my clients or customers or whoever, we both enjoy What's going on. We, we both enjoy the dialect. We both enjoy the communication. We both enjoy, even though that client is having a crappy day, everything is burning around them. If I come to them as you know, they can, most people can sense you're putting on a facade. Most people can sense you're faking it hard, harder than normal. Meaning that <laughs> like you know, if Shanita came to me and was like, I, who the hell is this person? Because it's not who I met at that meetup. You know, I could tell. Mm-hmm. Pretty much from the beginning. Um, and most clients and people will know that when you talk to them. And I feel that they will be also trying to mimic or match your your tone or your cadence, aka both of you are faking it to each other. Um, so I notice that if people are very comfortable with me and very comfortable with oh, this is how Marion really is, he, he can cuss, he can make fun of you, he can make fun of himself or whatever. I'm much more comfortable that the world is burning around me. He's here to help me. I can de-stress and let him take care of it, and let him do his job instead right. of you know me coming up to you and then all of a sudden you don't have that trust. You don't have. I don't think he's gonna do it. I don't think he knows what he's doing right now. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> I, let me. Is this manager here? Can I talk to his manager? I don't think <laughs> you know. You know. So. <laughs> so having that personality where I try not to to bullshit around. My clients or customers, as much as I can. I mean, there's still some level of sensitivity that I will go into. I'm not gonna come up to you and be like, "Oh my God, you've got the ugliest baby I've ever seen." <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna tell you that right off the bat. Right. I'm gonna test the waters out. And be like, you know, I've seen other attractive children that, you know, have other people have had. <laughs> um, so what is going on with yours? You know, <laughs> you know. Yours is different. I, I think the joke was from a, um, a nurse friend uh, of, of our family We um, that if a nurse is delivering your, your kid or talking to your kid or about your child, the, the key words that they use is, oh, my God, your baby is gorgeous, meaning that they really truly believe that your baby is is uh, cute as a button, as attractive as whatever. Um, but if they say, oh, my God, they look just like you. That, that is the trigger that means, you know, I don't know if you should take that thing out in public. <laughs> on a side note, on a side note, sorry to deviate too much, but I went bowling a long, long time ago with a couple of friends of mine. And we were all in college and we were all just cutting up and hanging out and all that stuff. And you could hear a pin drop when we just noticed that there was a baby in the next in the next lane that has got to be. Oh my God! That baby was not attractive. It was so mean for us. But it was so mean for us. But then we saw the parents were like, "Oh." But okay, they they, the genetics kind of kept going. You know, it didn't stop. But anyways,
1: (laughs) oh my God! It's mean
0: to say that. But I'm like, okay, wow. That was that was the only time I've not I've seen an uh, a not cute baby.
1: (laughs) I feel so bad for laughing at this right
0: now. (laughs) But it's true though. But anyways, um. But yeah, so if I'm very, you know, genuine and and approachable to my clients, I notice that I get that back. I notice that they are very casual. They're very, you know, relaxed and they're not as stress intense. And therefore we can kind of build that relationship. And a lot of my long-term clients, we almost have that type of just text me and I'll email you back kind of the formality if you want the formality. Um, And I think it works for me. And I think the same thing when it comes to uh, interviewing, I, I, no, obviously I don't come through with like cursing and, you know, I'm professional, but casual professional, I guess. Yeah. What is that? I don't know if that's a casual professional. Is that a, I know there's business, business casual, but I don't know if there's casual professional. Um, you should make it a thing
1: because that's definitely a thing.
0: I will trademark that. That might be. There you go. Yeah. So I come through with the, the, the casual pro- professional professionalism. Um, but I'm also kind of respectful with, I, I try to match the tone or the cadence of whoever I'm interviewing with, um, because sometimes you might have, for example, a drill sergeant who's like no BS. They wanted to get to the point and get the job done. Then, of course, I come to them with a almost the same thing, but I try to lighten it up a bit to where it's not, you know, it's not as rigid as stiff. You know, they have some room to kind of accept change or accept uh, diversity in whatever project product that they want. Um, yeah, so that's, that's just my own personal touch on approaching projects for people.
1: Yeah, I definitely think that works too, and it, it is nice to give people that option because you know sometimes people don't know how to address us, so I think it's very important for us to be ourselves to allow them to be themselves, and then we can find some common ground.
0: Yeah, and I think I think I, the other reason why I loved your um, your meetup was the fact that it wasn't a didn't feel like an interview. You know, go around the room, stand up, and tell us. Your, your work history, you know, it was mm-hmm. come chat, come meet with some people, come interact, come hang out. And, you know, if you, you vibe, you click, you exchange cards or tell them your meetup or if you want to do Instagram, I don't know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever you want to do and make a connection. You, and, and I like that because to me, that's the first step in expanding your network, expanding mm-hmm. your, your professional network because I, I don't stop at saying that LinkedIn is my professional network. I go all the way into like family and friends because you honestly never know when your next next opportunity is going to come. And I could be talking to my third aunt, second removed cousin's dog walker, and you know they're 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 the CEO son of I don't know of 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 uh, Oracle, and they're looking for somebody to completely redo their infrastructure and I'm the first guy they thought, you know, talked to and thought about, you never know.
1: Yeah. And that's a key thing. How like you would be the first person they thought about. That's why I emphasize like building a relationship because if I know you and I really get to know you and like, I'm laughing at your jokes. I'm like, okay, this guy is hilarious. If I ever hear anything in the future where it could even be anything close to what you could do, you would be the first person I think about. I'm not going to think about the guy who gave me his business card and didn't even ask me what my name was. I'm going to think about my friend, my colleague, yeah. the person yeah. who I know is going to be there.
0: Yeah. And I th- I honestly, I personally think that people remember good times versus I have a, a pocket full of business cards. Who yep. the hell, who, who's number three in, in my stack, you know?
1: <laughs> Let me go through my roller decks.
0: <laughs> yeah. But if you remember that guy who said he had a story about that ugly baby in <laughs> college, more than oh. likely, more than likely, they'll come back because you'd be bowling and you'd be like, man, is there any babies in here? Because. <laughs> Because I really hope. Oh, I remember when Marion told me that story?
1: You know, so precisely.
0: Yeah, it it kind of helps a little bit. So I, I try to be um, very laid back when I kind of meet people because you know people are people. You can mm-hmm. I've I've met CEOs of thousand, you know, Fortune five hundred companies, and at the end of the day, all we talked about was, holy crap, they have a little poodle. That loves to chew on their their, their grandson's uh Thomas a tank engine and it makes it look like a deformed Thomas. And we we joked around about, you know, how you should make fake dog toys that look like real toys, and that could be a whole new So, you know, we kinda just went down the casual path where it's completely different because I know he's tired of listening and talking about, you know, what's what's your uh what's your third quarter returns this this year, you know? Are you making your right. mark? So, you know. So I think bringing a casual level is very appropriate for the first time meeting but then you know you can obviously drop in those bombs of you know i'm looking to expand into the um the shipping industry so do you have anybody that you know in your contact list that i can talk to i just have a few questions it'll take me like 20 25 minutes so if you got anybody i can have a phone call with let me know and then that you can kind of get the ball rolling so yeah that's me
1: no, I completely agree with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely team keep it casual because you nailed it. People are just people. And I wish there wasn't so much emphasis around like celebrities and CEOs and oh, things yeah. like that. And don't get me <clears> wrong. <throat> I respect everyone for how much work they've put in. But at the end of the day, in my eyes, you're just a human just like I am. So I'm happy you said that because that's so real.
0: Yeah, I think uh, so. The funny thing is like I was taught. A technique to kind of break down conversations and, and meetings into, um, number one, to kind of keep the, the conversation going. Uh, number two, to kind of help you, like you said, break it down into it's people or people. Um, so I use the acronym FORD, F-O-R-D. And uh, that helps me mentally kind of keep track of different topics that most people can easily talk about. And what I do is I gauge on how deep you go down with each each letter in the acronym before I kind of switch. Like if you can tell that it's kind of dying out, then you just switch to the next one. So anyway, so FORD stands for Family, Occupation, Recreation, and Dreams. And if you just remember the FORD acronym, you can easily have a conversation with almost any single person in the world because every single person has something to talk about with those acronyms. So I could be talking to you about like, man, you went to Christmas, you know, it's coming up. Do you have any family that's coming into town? And then we can kind of go down that rabbit hole. And then we found out that your, you know, your second, your second cousin, they love ice skating. And oh man, did you check out the Centennial ice skating? I hate them because they're, I feel like they, they layer it with gravel and then they put ice because it's (laughs) the rockiest skating rink I've ever been on. It's
1: so bad. (laughs)
0: But but everybody has to experience it at least once. And then you spend, what, like fifteen bu- 8 bucks to 10 bucks to, to skate on it, and you better not fall because <laughs> the rest of the day. For you, the listeners of the Freelancer Head Start podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their services. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash freelancerheadstart. Again, that's audibletrial.com dot com slash freelancer head start for your free audiobook. Man, you're having to hobble with grandma out out of the skating <laughs> rink to look for hot coffee. You know, so that's you know, true. <laughs> so you can have a conversation with that, and you can kind of go down the the, uh, the pipeline with that. And then if if you feel like they're eh, they don't want to feel like talking about their second cousin, let's check talk about occupation. You know, we could talk about where did you first start. What is the worst job you've ever had? Or what is your favorite job that you ever had? You know, say you never had this job now, and and you can kind of keep going with that with down down that route. So my almost go-to for the occupation is I worked at Toys R Us, and because I was the only guy working my shifts, I was also the biggest guy working my shifts. I was in charge of bringing up the heaviest things, even though I had no business bringing up those heavy ass. <laughs> You know, power wheels and and um, those uh, swing sets and all those things, those Barbie dream houses. I'm like, it's nine o'clock at night. Why are you buying this? <laughs> <laughs> Little Timmy does not need a swing set at midnight. <laughs> Go home. <laughs> so I was the only one because nobody else can, can physically lift the things. And so they made me. Um, do the heavy lifting off the shelves for the power wheels. Yes, the, the the ladies would help me kind of take it out to the car. And once we got there, yeah, that was fine. But then I was physically had to bring it down from the four foot tall, you know, type of scaffolding. That was probably the worst I've ever had. But then again, the favorite part of that was I was also Jeffrey the giraffe. So that is awesome. The giraffe suit. Uh, when I saw that we had a giraffe suit, I begged my manager, like, please <laughs> let me be the giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> because again so cool because again I was the biggest guy there I was easily filling out the suit and making it a little bit taller because it was it was like baggy on the girls because the legs had to be like a certain length and, and the head and torso had to be a certain length so anyways um, the giraffe suit was actually pretty simple it's just like a hulu hoop for your waist and then they drape the um, the, the fabric over it and you're wearing like a harness and then all of a sudden you get the headpiece um, the secret is they don't. So Toys R Us doesn't exist anymore. But back in the day, the secret was is the spots that was right there at eye level. That was your window hole. But all the kids looked up two feet, two to three feet higher at you know the fake face, right? So you had to bend down a bit. The problem was it was, it was it was like completely like you had tons of blind spots everywhere, and kids love to come and hug you out of the blue. <laughs> so you're wearing clown shoes trying to walk around and accidentally kicking and stepping on kids. <laughs> and sometimes you'd scare them and and you couldn't talk. So I couldn't say I'm sorry. Oh my god, are you okay? So I you had to have a handler who's walking with you and they would have to kind of say sorry for you. And man, it was it was the it was the funniest it was the funnest part of my career, you know, growing up. Um, in college and all that type of stuff, and the experiences and all that stuff was amazing and awesome, and I would do it again. Still, um, you could only be in the suit for like maybe four to five minutes an hour before it got really hot in that suit. But yeah, so that's an, exp- an example of what I could talk about for the occupation because then somebody can be like, "No freaking way!" I know a guy who was who was the freaking you know Chuck E. Cheese mascot. You guys should have met. You know, and then we kind of ro- get the ball rolling. It doesn't matter who you are having forward in your in your back pocket family occupation recreation and dreams and you can obviously keep going down the list of whatever until the conversation you know dies and well it's nice talking to you i'm gonna go um check out what who else is here but yeah we're gonna we're gonna high five on the way out because <laughs> i freaking love toys rs you know
1: <laughs> <laughs> i love this i just wrote this down actually so i'm gonna try this forward thing as soon as I can, and see how far I can get with it. I feel like I just got the inside scoop about Toys R Us right now. But like,
0: we can change this up to screw Melon Tech. We can do Toys R Us for the rest. We can talk about I'm the like, secrets what? of the Toys R Us. Did you know every Toys R Us pretty much has like a secret stock room in the back where almost every single toy is pre-built? So we have to test out the bikes, the Power Wheels, and all that stuff. So if you work the night crew, uh, you had fun because you were able to literally toys everywhere and play with them to make oh sure Oh my that gosh,
1: that is incredible. Yeah. I was... missed out. What in the world? I totally missed out.
0: It was so much fun. Man. Mm. Good times. Good
1: times. <laughs> I'm so jealous right now. <laughs> like, why did I work at Full Locker when I could have been at Toys R Us? Oh, Clearly, that should have been my calling. It was,
0: it was fun times. It was good times. I, I definitely learned a lot. I learned a lot about how to... Deal with people who are very difficult. Um, I think everybody who works or who wants to work in IT should at least work in retail, at least one summer or one sales cycle. So, for example, working um, Black Friday, man, you'll learn, you'll learn about the human race for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that is true.
1: That is so true.
0: <laughs> and you, you'll learn about how to deal with customers who are very irate about the simplest things when it doesn't matter. And you, apparently it's your fault and you need to fix it. I'm like, I didn't, I just, I'm part-time. I work here. (laughs) I didn't make this ad. I didn't make nothing. I'm just here to help you. And I definitely feel like working IT can be easily translated from working retail.
1: Oh yeah. Completely agree to that. And even on that same note, I encourage everyone who works in tech at all to work with your customer support department.
0: Yes. Be friends.
1: Yes. Be friends, take on some of their workloads sometimes, see what they have to go through. And it's honestly one of the best ways to learn about your product and your company, because as support professionals, you have to know everything about that product or company. So do that, whether it's one day a month or a couple of nights a year, I don't know, something dive into customer support and see how your life changes.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Even even something simple as stopping by the help desk and talking to them briefly getting the the FaceTime, you know with them to say that oh that's marion okay he's the guy who's on the second level tickets he's the one i always have to push to getting them to understand what you do and also vice versa true makes your day so much easier and plus honestly everybody in tech can be easily bribed with donuts or bagels yep so don't be shy to bring oh i just happen to stop by you know panera and and Oh, they just gave me thirty bagels. <laughs> <laughs> Granted, that's very expensive, but you know, do that once once in a blue moon. But doing something as simple as getting cookies, first level support, you're you're going to be they're going to they're going to spoil you back. So
1: absolutely,
0: definitely helps, helps with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, are there any um, conferences or networking events that you definitely recommend going to?
1: As far as conferences, for um, people of color in the tech industry, I definitely recommend going to Afrotech. Whether you're in tech or you are looking to embark um, uh, in a career in tech, Afrotech was an incredible experience. It was the first conference I've ever been to, to where I looked to my left, I looked to my right, and I saw someone who actually looked like me. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was beautiful, and it was, it was great to build relationships I, I made some friends there and um as far as like when it comes to expanding melon tech it was good to have different contacts in different parts of the u.s um so yeah afrotech is one what's another one and i will say i'm pretty new to the conference world i just started going to them as of last year and a lot of the ones i went to were support um, support driven conferences so yeah i'm not really sure about any other ones what about you
0: um, I'm kind of all over the place. I, I think for me right now, I'm for the past like year or two, I've been trying to do like a shotgun effect for conferences to see what I really want to do. You know, what do I, what do I want to do when I grow up? You know, kind of, kind of deal because I feel like right now I'm in that stage in my career where I kind of want to pivot to do something similar, but different if, if that kind of makes sense. So, yeah. um, I, I'm in every stage of your tech career, you. I feel like you get further and further away from, um, I, I hate saying doing the grunt work, but doing the 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 actual cooking, and then now you're going up to being the chef, or you're being the restaurant owner, or you know you're going to now being the the uh, the conglomerate owner. You're you're getting higher and higher into your career where you have more things and more people who potentially could be working for you to then expand what you can do. Um, so I'm actually getting to the point where I'm looking to diversify my my uh, experience with customers. So, for example, um, at one point I was a huge fan of helping my uh, past company help with their fitness program. So one thing we did was we created a fitness program that allowed you as an employee to participate and almost like a game. You give time to do specific um exercises or activity so for example if you hiked this weekend at Kennesaw Mountain or go to Stone Mountain Park or whatever actually going outside in the woods and walking around for 45 minutes to an hour um if you walk for an hour you got five points but if you jogged for that hour and also in the trails you got 10 points so we encourage people to do more stuff um so then we kept track of all that stuff um, within a technical system that we helped build on uh, the back end um, that people just put in their their times and what the activities that they did. And at the end of the quarter, you were rewarded by if you hit the marks of, say, for example, five five thousand points, you got twenty five bucks a gift card. If you hit seven thousand points, you get seventy five bucks. If you hit ten thousand points, you got, you know, one hundred bucks or something like that. Um, and. That got me thinking, like, man, that—that, that, I bet there's other companies that need something like this. I bet there's other companies that want something, some gamification to help people become better. Because at the end of the day, what that does is it helps lower your insurance premium for your company because you don't have to spend as much because your company's uh, employees are not as sick, they're not as injured, they're not as, as um, uh, you know, needing to go to the doctor. So therefore, your premiums are a little bit lower because you don't have to spend as much. Um, so we found that out at kind of keeping track of all that over the course of a couple of years at the end of it all, we were able to spend less on insurance. So I'm like, well, that's awesome. So then I got to start to thinking that what if I helped to resell some of this functionality and do a lot of this stuff on the side, basically freelance moonlighting, whatever you want to call it. I still had my day job, but then that started, got me into now working for myself. Um, now kind of diversifying my skill set. Because now if I work for myself, I needed to be an accountant. I needed to be the uh, PR, the HR, the, the not just a developer. So some of the conferences I'm looking for is, number one, finding customers. Uh, number two, helping me to understand how to run a, a, a business by myself. Uh, number three, uh, partnering up with other uh, companies maybe in the same industry so it's not just going to a tech company or a tech conference it's more or less I guess the soft skills I guess that's the category I would call it the soft skills maybe um, you know meeting customers meeting clients closing sales um, how to do how to be finance as a freelancer um, meeting other professionals who could maybe You can partner up with or learn from you know different type of things so i'm not just going to that developer conference where they teach me here's how do you make a website but slightly different you know i want to go to for example melanin.tech to see hey are there any other tech professionals who are working for themselves how do they do it how do they do it in atlanta because then we can might we might be able to collaborate to you know work something out to where i'm 10 percent of their uh, employees and they're ten percent of mine, and we just throw each other uh, work. Or she could be she could be a mentor to me, and she tells me every single thing I need to do.
1: All right, you know, that's so, awesome.
0: So that's kind of where I'm going as far as the conferences. So one of the conferences I did find that I really like that has some of the uh, diversity where it's mostly tech as well is um, uh, Code Camp, and Code Camp is in Atlanta specifically. It's in Marietta, and they usually come around. I would say, uh, between April and June. And I think it's those, those months because specifically they're trying to find the venue and the, the um, you know, the, the people and the time and all that stuff. Um, but I find that CodeCamp is a good 100 level, all the way up to 400 level, um, span of technical knowledge and also working within the tech field. So it's not like, here's how you build a website. It's more or less, how do you think about designing a infrastructure for these different moving parts? Like how do you pick the tools that you need to use to get the job done um, per se? So that's the one, that's the most recent one that stuck stuck out in my head.
1: Nice. I'm definitely going to check out that one. Code camp, right?
0: Yeah. Code camp.
1: Sweet. And then obviously
0: you can just tech, check out meetup tons of meetups out there that have um, a quick, you know, 45 minutes, an hour long meeting where you can kind of definitely go and open your mind about what can you do for your career? How can you meet other people? How can you find um, jobs? How can you better your skills as far as, um, you know, your tech skills? Sometimes it helps to go to a specific meetup to realize, holy crap, this is not even close to what I want to do. Um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because you don't want to go down that route. So like, for example, I went to a meetup that was like, a social, social science slash, um, social technology meetup to where they tried to pull a lot of data from government institutes to make the world a better place. Meaning that one of the one of the things that they were doing was um, they pulled they they partnered up with somebody in um, not somebody another meetup in San Francisco that helped um, police departments and fire departments locate. The fire hydrants that have not been serviced within an x amount of time. So the the rules are I think it's law actually. I don't think it's a rule, but it's a law that fire departments have to check fire hydrants every, you know, x amount of time. And there's not really an easy way or the easy database to kind of keep track of all that stuff. They kind of have to just keep it going and then sometimes they might miss something um that they should have gotten and there's not really an alert to say hey the, the fire hydrant on 56th and 7th hasn't been checked and it's three months over. We need to go check that out. That's priority. So instead of just them going down the list, they have a priority list of saying, based on the map and based on when you guys, based on GPS, when you guys actually went to this physical location, uh, this is the next one in line because, you know, you're you're going to be out of compliance. And that was, that was not bad. That was pretty cool. But then it was like, man, they're sifting through a whole lot of data. I really don't like sifting through data. I hate working with data that's just disconnected like that. That's not for me. But what they were doing was really, really cool. And the other thing – actually, sorry. The other thing that they were doing too is they did a hybrid with that uh, same system where finding the hot fire hydrant, but they made it with parking. So now they did the opposite. They basically said, you can park anywhere here because the fire hydrant is here. So they flipped it around. So – that's kind of how they also did um, some civil service type of coding. Oh, wow. Yeah, and that was really cool. But I was just like, man, I don't know.
1: Right. (laughs) I think when I started going to meetups too, I I definitely ran into quite a few that really weren't my cup of tea. But um, I'm just not getting back into the the meetup world. I tried to do some like virtual meetups when I was living in South America, but that also didn't really work out well. So, yeah, now that I'm back in – I'm actually going to stay in Atlanta for quite some time. I'm definitely ready to try out a bunch of different ones and meet some great people.
0: How are you gonna sneak in? oh, by the way, I lived in South America <laughs> and not <laughs> expand upon that. So what were you doing in South america?
1: i was I was working the same job I'm working now, uh, but I needed a I needed a, a break in a sense, which, I know that's a really bad explanation because technically it wasn't a break. It was probably much harder than it was living here, Um, just like emerging myself in a a different culture. But I needed to learn something different. I felt like everything was becoming a little too uh, simple in in a sense, or maybe I was just fed up with certain things. I I don't even really know the root of it. But yeah, last year, I kind of just said, forget it. I'm going to try something different. I moved to Ecuador originally and didn't quite like Ecuador. So I ended up uh, moving to Medellin, Colombia and fell in love with it. But I had to come back because, you know, after six months, they give you the boot without having the proper documentation. (laughs) So I'm back. But um, I did come back with a new perspective and uh, ready to really take melanin tech um, to different heights to to really see how many people I can truly help. So I'm dedicated to, to staying in Atlanta, staying in the States for a while to see what I can really do with it.
0: Yeah, I, d- I love that that you actually took that um, that step to learn something new by trying and experiencing. And I feel like us in the tech industry, that's honestly how we learn. Because mm-hmm. you know, you could you could hear about things, and you can hear about people saying, "Oh my God, definitely check out this 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 new platform that they're building websites on." I'm like, "Oh yeah, it sounds cool." But unless I actually get my hands on it and actually touch it and feel it and mold something and and do some sort of side project it doesn't really click as easily. And and I feel like in the tech world, almost no matter what level or where you are in tech, you have to at least go out and touch something and do something instead of just hearing about it or, or listening to it, you know.
1: Yes, yeah. So for anyone who thinks just because they read a bunch of tech blogs that they are a techie, that is not the case. No. You gotta, you gotta do something. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta put some action in there.
0: Yeah, and it's very easy to make you know, make that step to find a project that you want to, you know, latch onto, or find an itch that you want to scratch and yeah. research different ways to scratch that itch. More than likely, somebody has done most of or some of what you're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. So that is honestly, that's the secret sauce. Most of this stuff in tech world, somebody's already done most or some of it. You're just now finding all the scattered pieces and building it, building what you need.
1: Exactly. Beautifully said.
0: <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well, <laughs> I think we're getting close to the end. Um, is there anything else you wanted to chat about?
1: Um, yeah, just real quick. I want to kind of give a rundown of Melanin Tech and what we're focusing on for 2019. Awesome. So when you and I met at the, um, at the meetup, I probably spit out about 5,000 things, but I have since realized that I need to focus on just a few and then we can grow and expand but um, our biggest focus will be career awareness. So we will have some intro classes. That way you can know what you're getting yourself into as far as what type of career you want to kind of embark in the tech industry. Uh, we, of course, will be delivering those screen job listings and other melanin tech-related information via our newsletter um and then we're just really focusing on building that strong community. So you got a taste of that at the first. Oh yeah, and again, thank you for coming to my very first meetup. Like I cannot say thank you enough for that.
0: Awesome. Yeah, it was really awesome. I, I was impressed. It was especially great to for have your you first there. meetup. I was like, Wow. I I could not tell it was your first meetup, by the way.
1: Oh, that is good news. <laughs> I was sweating and nervous like hell, but so we will do more meetups. We're actually going to um, host a couple of different workshops with a few um, coding schools. Like we will have a workshop in Q1 of next in quarter one of next year with Flatiron School. Uh, we're working with Team Treehouse to help develop a diversity program with them, um, and we'll also do some virtual things. So if you're not in Atlanta right now, it's okay. We will have some virtual meetups too. And then we'll be showcasing our pride through apparel and merchandise. So you can always go to the website and purchase some swag.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And that website is Mm melanin.tech.
1: That is correct.
0: Awesome. Okay. Well, um, I like to close out the interviews with a, uh, basically something I call the quick pick. It's just a way to kind of give a shout out to anything or anyone or whatever you want to do about, Um, what you found or what you want to talk about. Um, So I'll start off. So my quick pick is we just came from Savannah. uh, My family took a quick family vacation uh, this weekend. And in Savannah, there is a awesome um, candy store called uh, Savannah Street Sweets. And now that I say it out loud, (laughs) that name sounds kind of... Can go, it can go a lot of ways, but <laughs> Savannah Street Sweets. Um, I might be saying that wrong, but I don't know. I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with Savannah Street Sweets. I like it. I like it. It's it's a candy store. <laughs> it's not something else. Um, it's a candy store that does a lot of um, different varieties of homemade – well, it's not really homemade, but they basically make it in the store. And, you know, in one of those type of stores, you can see it while they make it. And our favorite is to get the pralines. It's pretty much just caramel-covered um, uh, walnuts – and uh, you can get walnuts, almonds, pistachios, almost whatever you want. But we like the, the the walnuts. And holy cow, you can't stop eating it. So we buy, like, pounds of freaking praline. Granted, they're a little bit expensive, but, man, they are worth it. I think they're worth it. And there's something about that nice caramel scent coming out of the store as you walk by on a, on a cool, crisp day that just entices you to come on in. So – my shout out is to the savannah street suites and i really hope that that's the name of the store (laughs) because if not then it's it's hilarious either way
1: (laughs) well i'm going to go looking for it next time i go to savannah i can't find it i will be sending you a very angry email
0: please yell out you're looking for savannah street suites (laughs) i want to see what happens
1: i'll be sure to record it for you then. (laughs) Okay. Um, well, my quick pick is actually to my new co-working spot. I just became a member of Switch Yards Co-working, which is located in downtown Atlanta. I I love it. i you know, working from home, I needed to get my butt out of the house. Um, the environment is super welcoming. It's very cool. It, it It's very me. It's kind of a little bit uh, rugged and rough around the edges in some places, but then they have this beautiful artwork and murals and I feel like I'm right at home. I've met some incredible people. Um, I'm also building a partnership with uh, a company called Dope Coffee, where I met the CEO and founder there. Uh, we're gonna have a hackathon coming soon. Um, yeah, so it, it's just been a very good space to um, let my creative juices continue to flow. Because you know, right now, working a full-time job, I'm working Melanin Tech. I'm working from almost 8 a.m. to maybe 9 or 10 p.m. So I need somewhere that I can still be creative and have that time. So yeah, shout out to switch yards. I'm really enjoying it. And the coffee and tea is superb. Nice. Pretty,
0: so nice. nice. Yeah. I always, I always love working in, um, co-working spaces whenever I can. Like I do have a home office and I do work from home most of the week. Um, but sometimes I do go back into like, uh, an office that they gave me, but, um, it, I, I see the value in working in a co-working space and it does sound like switch yards is pretty cool. Um, you cannot go wrong if this co working space also has some pretty good coffee. So
1: exactly. Well, if you're game. ever in downtown, feel free to hit me up. Come work with me.
0: Nice. Nice. I'll <laughs> I'll be the guy in the corner, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but um, thanks a whole bunch to um, chatting with me and I hopefully can, hopefully we can get another uh, session going on when, you know, the tech gets pretty big. I have to be on your schedule. Talk to your assistant, you know, that's a level <laughs> I want you to get to.
1: Yes, it's coming soon, and we will definitely chat again. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah,
0: I'm glad you had fun. Well, thanks for listening to this episode. I honestly had a lot of fun talking to Shanita about the different aspects of being a person of color and being in tech. Also, where do we start off when we are fighting that imposter syndrome, kind of navigating our careers up the different ladders into our professions? And Shanita brought a lot of awesome pointers and tips as far as what we could do to help anchor ourselves as that expert in the room and not kind of falling back on our whatever makes us feel comfortable, making ourselves known, becoming that presence in the room, and taking charge of our careers. You can get some notes on how to find Shanita and contact her about melanin.tech on our website at freelancerheadstart.com. You can also head over to melanin.tech and connect with them directly from there. They have the website up and running and you can join their newsletter. And as always, you can send questions to Questions at freelancerheadstart.com. That's Questions at freelancerheadstart dot com. My name is Marion Owen and this is the Freelancer Head Start Podcast. <laughs>